Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What a pleasure it is to talk to Lon He Chen. He's a candidate for California State Controller, a fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. Is his day job. Lon He, welcome. How are you? Happy Friday. Good to be with you both. Yeah, we don't want to spend our valuable time with you on uh, just this topic, obviously, and there'll be plenty of time to discuss it. But first thoughts when you hear that Trump is running? Uh, I don't think it should be surprising. I think it's something he's talked about doing. Uh, the, the, the 2024 campaign is going to be very interesting because fundamentally it's going to be, in, in my mind, a question of do you want uh, you know, two politicians of the past, right? You have people who are in their 70s, I think, late 70s, or do you want you know, a fresh vision? And I think both parties are going to have to struggle with that question because you know, it's very hard if, if President Biden decides to run for reelection, which you know, who knows if he does or not. That's going to be you know, sort of very difficult for people in his party then to turn around and say, well, we want to go with someone else. It's very hard to turn out an incumbent president in that way. Uh, and then on the flip side, Republicans have to ask the question, do they want the past or do they want something new? So it's going to be a fascinating contest. Both sides are going to have to deal with those generational questions, as well as questions of whether the politics of the past or the politics of the future are what they want. All right. Uh, we, uh, as Jack said, have plenty of time to talk about that in the days and weeks to come. God help us. Um, I, I happen to come across a couple of articles uh, today, Lonnie, that, that dealt with California, but these are universal questions. They have to do with programs, in this case, uh, dealing with homelessness, in which there are various auditors, like in Oakland or in the state, saying, hey, psst, we spent a tremendous amount of money on this program, and the percentage of people that actually helped is very, very low. And this is, I think this is a huge topic that doesn't get discussed nearly enough. How does accountability 
for money spent work in government and how should it work? Boy, that's a great question. Right now, I don't know that it does. Quite honestly, I think the problem you have is that you've got certain people who occasionally decide that they want to demonstrate accountability when an election comes near. And so they go and they, you know, maybe run an audit or they answer a few questions and they try and make it seem as though they're being responsive to taxpayers. There doesn't tend to be a unified function in many places. Now, California, which is the, you know, obviously the state where I am and where I'm running for state controller, that is the job of the state controller. The state controller is supposed to be the head audit official for the state and it's supposed to consolidate and, and really give to taxpayers consolidated as well as unified information on how state spending is being applied to address these various challenges. Homelessness is a great example. You know, we really struggle with that in California. We've seen the problem get a lot worse over the last couple of years, and it's certainly not for a lack of spending. We've spent, you know, somewhere between 10 and $20 billion over the last couple of years on homelessness, only to see that problem get worse. Now, occasionally we get a glimpse at how bad this spending is because the city of Los Angeles will produce a report, for example, that shows that a cost of construction per unit of housing per homeless individual is $800,000. Right. And, and everybody says, that, holy crap, how is that possible? Right. Yeah, that's shocking, right? And then you'll hear the city of Oakland say something and the city of San Francisco say something. And really that responsibility needs to fall to a single official or a, a, at least you know one or two officials in the state to be identifying where the money is going, but more importantly, to be talking about the efficacy or lack thereof of that spending. So accountability is not just a buzzword. It shouldn't just be a buzzword. People need right. to live that out on a daily basis, given how much money and in taxes we spend in many of our states, as well as at the federal level. Well, and it's astounding and horrifying that while business and every responsible family spends a lot of time virtually every day thinking about, all right, what are we spending money on and what are we getting for it? The fact that government seems to be excused completely from asking those questions. I mean, if you could somehow, as an expert in public policy, whether in California or the United States, Get that idea to take hold. I mean, my God, I'd, I'd be in favor of a Nobel Prize for you and an Olympic gold medal and maybe form a religion around you. A Grammy? Be- a Grammy, certainly, because <laughs> the fact that that's missing from public conversation is shocking. Yeah, and uh, it, it is thrown around as a buzzword, and I think there's never really any activity taken to move the ball forward in terms of how do we actually advance that kind of accountability. I mean, you know, many states have this this idea of, you know, you can go online and you can see the state's checkbook, for example. Uh, I was talking to a couple of state auditors the other day about the best practices that they apply in their states. And they say, listen, you know, we want to be as transparent as possible. Obviously, not all states do this. California doesn't do this. Um, you can't go online and see where your money is being spent. And that would be like, you know, if the bank just decided to wake up one day, the bank, wherever you bank, and they said, you know, we're not, we're not going to show you your transactions. You're just going to have to trust us that it's being spent in the way you say it's being spent. That's <laughs> essentially what these states like California are asking us to do. And I think at some point people have it. You know, they, they just, that taxpayers say enough is enough, and they say, you know, we want accountability. I, I hope that that enough is enough comes Tuesday when we have our election. But I also know that this is a long-term project. This is a long-term effort to try and bring accountability and responsibility and, and fiscal uh, thoughtfulness to what we're doing because we cannot keep throwing good money after bad and not solving problems. Uh, we just can't keep doing it. How do, how do you break out of the conundrum of if a government program gets started and doesn't mm-hmm. work, the answer always seems to be to throw more money at it, which doesn't happen in the private world, obviously. 
Yeah, and it's it, this is always this is something that I find maddening is when I hear, for example, Governor Gavin Newsom talk about uh, issues in California, and he says, "Well, we're doing great. We're spending more money." And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. The measure of success is not whether you spend more money. The measure of success is are you solving the problem? If you think about this, you know, I've I've met with a bunch of small business owners over the last several months, and they all say the same thing, which is if we're going to invest a certain amount of money in something, whether it's new, uh, a new piece of equipment or a new employee or whatever it is, we're going to want to make sure we're investing in them and seeing what our return on investment is, training, new equipment, et cetera. And, and everybody does this, right? It's just a basic concept. But in government, nobody ever stops to say, hey, maybe we should be looking at what our return on invested capital has been. Does it make sense for us to keep spending on programs that are hugely inefficient and effective that don't solve the problem? I think we would all agree that if you had a program that was actually working, sure, spend money on it. Let's make sure we're doubling down on things that work. But mm-hmm. nobody ever stops and says, hey, is this working or not, right? And so uh, I just want to bring a, a different mindset, and I think there are others around the country who want this as well. Hey, let's just bring in a, a mindset to the job of, is this working or not? And if it's working, great. If it's not, knock it off. Oh, amen to that. Lon He Chen with the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, running for a state controller in California. Hey, are you willing to say, Lon He, uh, what states you think do well on these things? Good transparency, good accountability? Yeah, you know, several years ago, the state of Idaho, uh, excuse me, yeah, Idaho is one of them. I was going to mention Ohio first, but both Ohio and Idaho are good examples. Uh, in, in Ohio, many years ago, a guy named Josh Mandel, the former state treasurer who went on to run for a couple different offices, when he was treasurer, he put in place a lot of accountability practices as well as transparency uh, portals and transparency kind of tools that have been very, very helpful in maintaining accountability in that state. Idaho is a much smaller state, obviously, but they have a similar mindset and have really applied technology well. Uh, in fact, I talked to a technology provider a few days ago who is working with the state of Idaho and a few other states around the country, smaller states to be sure, but states around the country to bring to bear kind of these best transparency practices. For example, once a government expenditure happens, it gets posted within 72 hours. Mom. Great idea, right? It's our money. And once you spend it, let us know within 72 hours. And then that prevents the kinds of shenanigans that you get where billions and billions of dollars go out the door like we had in in California. And and unfortunately, many other states nationally, one hundred and sixteen billion dollars in unemployment insurance fraud during covid 30 billion of it in California. That wouldn't have happened if we had a 72 hour rule. People would have seen, hey, why is Scott Peterson getting a check? Why is Dianne Feinstein getting a check? This is kind of weird. Like, wow, these are the sorts of things. Basic. This is like, like I'm not this is not rocket science. Right. This is not doesn't require a Ph.D. in molecular physics to figure out how to do this. This is very basic. Let's just get it done. And the reason why these guys don't do it, the reason why these guys and gals like to keep people in the dark is because they they thrive off of being the ones to hold the information. So then they can say, no, 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 we need to spend more money because I have the information and you don't. And, and you know, that's just not the way this should work. Uh, are you buying a Powerball ticket? <laughs> <laughs> I I actually have bought a couple Powerball tickets over the last couple of months, but to no one's surprised, I have not been successful. Okay, so you can mm. do math. So that's good for your position <laughs> in theory, because it's unlikely that uh, you know. Um, uh, and uh, you're the only Republican in memory that all of these major liberal newspapers have endorsed. So clearly. You should run for governor. Would you like to announce that now? Or are you going to wait until you're done no. being controller? Believe me. Believe me. I am I am so focused on trying to get this over the finish line on Tuesday 
that I can't even I can't even think about what I'm going to have for breakfast. But today. you're not I ruling know, honestly, it out. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so doing the whole. No. <laughs> No, clearly, clearly he's angling for the presidency, Jack. I'll tell you something. That's right. I'm I'm actually running to be global monarch. There you Uh, go. Beautiful. Aim aim high, Lonnie. Lonnie Chen, candidate for California State Controller. It's always stimulating. Thanks for the chat. Hey, thanks, guys. You got it. So as you heard, he didn't say no. Um... Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 